We record. All right, we're, we're back. Feels good to be back. Uh, no special guest this week. Uh, it's just the uh, the usual suspects, if you will. Uh, so before we get going, and we are talking pigskin, we're back to back to regular scheduled programming here. Um, but before we get going and, and get back into it, uh, I just want to say thank you again uh, to our special guest the last two weeks, uh, Marcus Montgomery, a.k.a. Kid Vicious, as well as Dane Brugler. Uh, those were two great episodes back-to-back. Uh, we thank you both again. Uh, two totally different episodes, uh, but both great uh, in their own in their own way. Uh, so... Thanks again to both of them. Thanks to all the listeners that tuned in. Uh, we definitely had more listeners over the last two weeks than the previous two, so that's always nice. Uh, shout out to all the new listeners. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back. It's episode 40. I'm your host, Jeremy Keehan. I'm Mike the Jag. John Tabernack. <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck? I wasn't ready. I was, was watching You were definitely not ready for that one. It's okay, though. It's, it's hard right. to just not say Johnny. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to be Johnny Bumblebee. Oh, for yeah. your job, for your Johnny, Johnny Bumbles. See, I know there was, see, I knew there was one, but I couldn't remember. There we go. Okay. Johnny Bumbles. There you go. We're talking about free agency, winners, losers, players, and teams. Yeah, so if we're going to pick a player, we all agree that Antonio Brown won as a player because he basically showed that he was a bad employee and got a raise and a, and a relocation. Uh, it's not even close, really. Right? Yeah. Um, but you could argue, as a pl- like from a player's standpoint, like I heard, I doing my research for what I want to talk about today, I heard that Trent Brown... Got a call from his agent 20 minutes into free agency and was told from his agent, we have an offer that we cannot refuse. So he was called with a Vito Corleone type offer 20 minutes in to free agency. If you're the Oakland Raiders and you find out after the fact that you've already signed those papers, that, that that's what the agent told your new your new asset... Like Why wouldn't you just money bags? He said the money bags, little, and the, the little money bag emoji. I saw him on Good Morning Football. Okay, yeah, and he's football. well. Then it, it's further come out said that yeah, you done, but he's just yeah. like he we have an offer that. that we can't refuse, and they're laughing because of the, that's the thing. He's the highest paid tackle ever in the history of the NFL. Sure. And we saw he's never living up to we it. We saw when Nate Solder came over and played yeah. for the Giants for the page, and when he left the Patriots, that was a big contract. Um... Why don't these How? guys work out when they leave? Because they don't have their offensive line coach anymore <laughs> that they had in New England. How about a team that won free agency? Uh, it, I mean, I, I I wouldn't mind sending you into another planet and say Jacksonville, but I don't think so. So, can we can we can we agree? Can we agree that it's Cleveland? Or does well, they only have there? one splash signing. But with the acquisition through the trades of Vernon and Odell, just gonna say, yeah, you'd be hard pressed to. I, yeah, that's interesting. The Green Bay Packers have to be up there because their defense because they finally spent and their defense is now qualified. Now they did. I think they overspent a little bit on Smith. Which one, Preston or uh, Zadari? Yeah, yeah. Was it the has got sixty six mil? Uh, yes, from Baltimore. Yeah, that's, I, I mean sixteen and a half mil next year for Zadari Smith. 
That's a little steep. We don't know. Um, but again, free agency, you're going to spend big money on, like. We don't know who else was bidding for his services. Mm-hmm. We we also know that they had wanted uh, to target Smith last year, but Baltimore had scooped him up. I didn't so, know that. So, so they had had them on. Just speak for yourself. So he was on their radar <laughs> for quite some time. Uh, Preston Smith is a linebacker who can play. Uh, Adrian Amos coming over from Chicago. That's probably, we that, really I, like that I think that, I really like that. And you know what's Con- even better? Contractually, and he's a great fit. But you know what makes the Amos signing better? Is that the Bears replaced Amos with Haha Clinton Dix. That is yeah. very and true. And that, a is, not, pack, a that is not an upgrade, my friend. Is there, is there anything to discuss about Green Bay's losses? Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, when he came over from the Jets, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry can play. Um, Randall Cobb, Jake Ryan is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. I love the Randall Cobb signing for my Cowboys. Um, can I explain that just a little just bit? Just before you do, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, that defensive presence, leadership, and experience, losing that doesn't concern you. Did you see the defense for the Packers last year? Let's move on then. Case in point, right? Well, uh, uh, along right. the side, uh, you're, you're to explain right. myself yeah. along the same line of thinking, um, the Chiefs did the same thing. They got rid of Justin Houston. They got rid of D, uh, D Ford. They invested in their secondary, which was a huge issue for them. They, right. and, and one of the things they actually could do last year, I mean, I kept saying it on this podcast, is that they were the only team in the, the NFL playoffs that had multiple 10 sack guys on their on their D line in the playoffs this past year. Well, that didn't matter for that terrible defense. So they, you know what I mean? Those were probably two heavy voices in the, in the locker room and heavy presences leadership-wise, in Ford and in Houston, Absolutely. and they let them walk, yep. right? So, I mean, it's it's along the same uh, outlook for the Packers is that, like, who, can, that who, who cares if you're losing that experience and that leadership when, that like, that with that leadership, you saw the product on the field. And everything does come down to fit, right? Everything Absolutely. does come down into the way that a team is shaped. So Cause where, It's funny because I actually like the, the, the signing of Houston for the Colts. Well, it's Oddly a perfect, enough, it's a, it's a perfect fit. There's a little, it, it's a little. It's a need, mil. but it's a need fit argument, right? So and they have the cap space. Well, with all that cap space, any price that they pay for the perfect need fit, right? Uh, I mean, I almost like uh, Ansa to go there as well, but he's more of a four-three defensive end. Yeah. So that it's not it's not a, a, a scheme thing. Um, Let but, me stay on call for a second. Sure. Um, I've now seen a report that'll make Brandon happy. That the Cowboys want to restructure Alan Hearns. Okay, restructure should be a release. No. Well, now hold on. They want they again. What's the? I've been waiting to say this for weeks, and I just keep forgetting. But now you've made a point for me to remember. What's the largest mom and pop store in the world? Largest mom and pop store in the world. Oh, I, the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Okay, it's, like it's it's the biggest family business in the world. That one should be on Family Jeopardy or uh, Final Jeopardy. <laughs> that's not like a real statistic. No, that's a joke. Haha. Haha. <laughs> 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 Insert fucking Nelson Muntz. But like, um, I did I did not know that. It is. It's a joke. What do you mean you didn't know that? In the, with the Why are you ruining my fucking joke? Shit, the biggest I mean? mom and pop store in the world is the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, because of the nepotism. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I get it. So they don't want to just. Send the guy that broke his foot and fucking had it facing the other way in the playoffs out to pasture three months later. They want to they wanna see him come along in his recovery and this and that. But now the report comes out, probably leaked from the head office saying, like, get this report out that we want him to take a pay cut. So that it, after, June fo- uh, sorry, after June 1st, when they cut him, it, 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 the report is, well, this isn't heartless by the Cowboys. They've been trying to restructure since mid-March. Oh, you got to read in between the lines of headlines sometimes, public right? Relations move is brilliant. Exactly, that's the way I'm interpreting it, and I mean, I'm kind, I'm pretty in touch with my team, so I, I think could, I know what I'm talking could there about. Be a, could it be a chance that it's genuine and they want depth at the position? Maybe, and, okay. it, and it, but if if they're looking to restructure, it's for a reason, and it, and it's because they can save four mil in, ca- in caps. No, post June first. Pardon me. If they cut them post June first, they save four mil in cap space. What was the Randall Cobb signing? One year, five million. So, sorry, uh, I see that as one year, one million. At the end of the day, that's at the end of the day when it when bye bye Hearns after you let him rehabilitate at this at the facility, going through captains meetings with the guys up until June first, and then ah, we're gonna go a different direction. Thanks for your services, Alan. But from a media standpoint, the story goes that they've been trying to restructure for months. Exactly. Fascinating, and that's why I like the Cobb signing because now all of a sudden. 
my wide receiver room is Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, Tavion Austin. Tavion. Yes, I said Tavion. Tavion? <laughs> and uh, Cedric Wilson, let's say, is the number five sure. with, with Noah Brown and uh, Lance Lenard fighting for a number six spot. The point is, none of those receivers were on the roster at this time last year. That is a complete makeover in one season. Isn't that exciting? For me, that's exciting. For for me, when I watch my quarterback not ha- have reliable targets with receivers that could separate for the beginning of his career. For me. Like, yeah, that's fucking encouraging. Are you kidding me? Let's go to, to the other side of the ball. Uh, George Ioloka replacing and, Jeff Heath. Well, again, I don't think that that's necessarily a... Uh, George Ioloka is replacing Jeff Heath. Like, the team will come out and say that that's... There'll be a competition in training camp. And, Naturally. And this and that. Naturally. But yes, you're right. In in theory, George Ioloka should be the box safety closer to the line, and now we allow uh, Xavier Woods to play free safety and be a roaming center fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I like about it is that it tells me what I what I like my school of thinking was with Eric Berry because they put him through a physical and they didn't sign him and he and no other teams throwing bags of money at him so they must have felt not confident in that like it wasn't just glowing yeses across the board in my opinion no of course so now you go to an older safety more established but is also like in in uh, in George mm-hmm. who's now been told like the Vikings didn't weren't overly impressed with him last season. And the Cowboys had the opportunity to sign him last free agency and didn't. So Interesting. It's Now, he does have good Cincinnati tape. He I does like have good is. Cincinnati tape, and he's, a lead, and he's a leader, and it's a one-year deal, right. and it's not expensive. It's a good free agent signing because it happened in the second week, right? Um, but it's like... Uh, I think my main takeaway from it is that now we're not handicapped to take a safety at 58. We don't have to reach on someone that we don't love. You know what I mean? St- yeah, I, of, of course I do. Sticking to that side of the ball, what do you think May 1st, the draft's done, is DeMarcus Lawrence a Dallas Cowboys still? I Honestly, they're dragging their feet so much with that shit. Uh, we don't have that much of an outreach with our podcast because me saying sign, sign D-Law as quick as he signed my kid's ball does, hasn't done nothing. <laughs> but I'm sure that the sentiment is shared across, across yeah. the board. Cowboys Nation liked the tweet. <laughs> we had a we had a professional on here who said those type of individuals shouldn't leave your building, and That's it's right. hard to dispute that. Um, what's the draft? Uh, pardon me, the uh, trade capital. It's a one. It's got to be a see. To me, though, it's not worth it unless he gets you into the top ten. If you. If you're trading Demarcus Lawrence, and again, before anybody jumps off the ledge, we're just talking. We're just talking pigskin. Of course. Um, just a little ass little podcast. Uh, but should you let him walk? Well, no, no, no. It's not what? letting him walk. It's are you not? Are you so far from meeting at a contract point to the time where he can get that shoulder surgery and be ready to be at training camp? Because like. Tick tock. I mean, the clock's ticking. So. <laughs> Johnny sound effects. I like it. That was uh, a live loop right there. Uh, so, I get, my point is that if you're going to trade Demarcus Lawrence, then number one, I don't see that uh, capitalizing on your small window, which is 2019. Mm hmm. But also, if you're doing so, then it better be for a top 10 pick so that you can replace him. You understand? Like, I can appreciate that, yeah. Like, Because there's a, there's a fine line between building your team for now and building your team for the future. And not allocating certain amount, of, like 20% of a cap to when you're also looking to allocate probably 25% of your cap to a quarterback. Like, it's it gets slippery quite quickly. If a general manager and a, 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 and a player's representative are so far apart on a number isn't it in the team's best interest to try and get the highest possible value for that player well yeah 
So is that the situation? Is there just a difference of of money, or is it a difference of? Oh, it's de- like again, like we've talked about. Yeah, he wants Khalil Mack money. Okay. Um, I don't I, honestly. I don't have a, a concise thought on Demarcus Lawrence as of March twenty sixth. No. I don't like. I, I, I'm more clouded now than I was two weeks ago, and I'm even more clouded than I was the day after the the playoff loss. Last question: Is it fifty fifty? Of what? Did he get signed? Yeah. When? Pre draft or pre June fifteenth designation or so, July, whatever it is, July fifteenth. So that matters, eh? It one hundred percent matters yeah. because we're talking about a guy that has Absolutely. said, "I will not get my shoulder surgery until I hear cha-ching. Yeah, which is about eight to ten week. I have no. I'm not a doctor, but no. again. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I want to shift and I want to talk about your Jaguars. I know you pinch yourself. It's happening. I want to talk about them. Mm. Uh, oh. Don't get cunty. I'll try. You already, it already happened. You're, uh, it was quite cunty. Um, how do I formulate this question, Michael? You're making this harder than it needs to be, Michael. <laughs> That's what she said. Um... Have you been privy to this report that has come out that apparently they felt they needed to give Nick Foles more than 18 mil a year so that the locker room knew he was the guy? No. What what I read on the team's website from a senior writer was that although they were the only team bidding for Nick Foles, Although they were the only team bidding for Nick Foles' services, the main difference was they wanted to offer him a contract that was fair market value and not one and not one that presented a low ball that was a team-friendly contract. And it's a matter of not insulting one of your most important leaders before he walks through the door. And somebody who you want to lead your team in a short championship window like we have in 2019. Okay. You seem to disagree oh, I, I, with, with absolutely I everything do. that I just said. I I've admitted that I've admitted that there was only one suitor, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Okay, so right there. The natural thinking is why offer him so much money? Right, right. Okay, so okay, so you see where I'm coming from, and like, I where, see it myself. Okay, but they wanted to offer him a fair contract to show him that they respected him, who's going to be in okay. a leadership position. So you did. Okay, so you saw the article on the team's website, and then you saw you must have seen the rebuttal report that it, that's grossly understated, and that that I don't like. I don't want to make this seem like I'm attacking your team. I know of like, what you speak. I know of I what you, you speak. Like, I want you to attack your team. I know for of- fucking holding this guy's hand and bringing him on in, like with a padded pillow under his ass at the press conference, so that he's just he's all comfortable and shit. Like, okay, do Was I there want a quarterback market? Do I want my organization to roll out the red carpet for the only quarterback who's av- the only quarterback who's available? Okay. They did everything that they could to get the best possible player. They even brought in his coach that orchestrated an offensive system that facilitated okay, time productivity. Up. But uh, time up. Is he more of a product of a, a system, system? Okay. or more product of which if you answer yes, then you're going to be encouraged by your coaching move. But is it more likely that he is potentially more so a product of a Cinderella moment? No, I think it's a scheme and a system because I look at the the St. Louis tape. I look at Did you when look he was a starter. The first two games of last season? We've talked about the level of, of inconsistency. Absolutely. Okay, right there. But what DiFilippo brings is what Nick Foles has proven he can excel at. That is the debate. So the debate has to have some sort of accordance with well, now they're going to have months and months of preparation, mini camps, training camps, how, a preseason. How quick do you think that Eagles locker room changed last year? As soon as they beat the the Rams on the Sunday nighter, the first game back with Foles at the helm. I'm going to answer that question by asking you a question. Okay. Don't you think that locker you do that. don't you think that locker rooms change every single week? Don't you think that they evolve and progress and they grow 
every single week based no, on what No, because they'll, because they can, I think locker rooms can regress and implode real quick, i.e. the Steelers. So, don't you think that that can happen, either good or bad, every single week? Mm, it, well, yes, there's, could is a slippery word. Anything could happen. Do you think that every single week the locker room is affected whether good or bad, and it changes the dynamic of that locker room every single week? And it gets back to your Philadelphia Eagles question about how quickly that team changed. I know. I, okay. I see where you're trying to guide my... So the Philadelphia Eagles on defense... Trying you, to make me speak some shit to you. The Philadelphia Eagles, that defense was absolutely deplorable. You had talked about how that secondary couldn't cover anybody oh. because of the injuries. They had sustained Malcolm Jenkins was the only player who was relevant. And my argument to you was, well, they're professionals. Let's give them some, some, some credit. And they turned it around. My argument is is that the locker room evolves every single week to the point that a defense that can't cover a queen be- a twin bed with a queen sheet is now able. Are you trying to tell me that that secondary would have turned had the same turnaround if Wentz stays as quarterback? I'm telling you that that football team would have progressed. No. Okay. That's okay. So then, really, if that's your stance, then you should be even more upset with the, the full signing. Make no mistake. For the last couple of weeks, I've been resigned to the fact that it's happened. I have not been looking at Nick Foles' jerseys, okay? I, hope, I certainly hope not. But there's, there's a fine line You're between... You're a grown man. There's a fine line between being extremely upset with a decision that your team makes and wanting to start to burn jerseys, okay? I'm not extremely upset. I'm not burning jerseys, but I also don't love the move. Okay, I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to ask you a question to steer your line of thinking. Wouldn't you have been happier signing uh, Tannenhill to an $11 million deal, half the money for a better quarterback? No, arguably? I would have been happier signing Teddy Bridgewater to a five-year deal worth somewhere in the $60 million. Then why didn't Then why didn't guarantees. you? Yeah, not, I mean, I, I'm I know you privy, can't. I'm not privy to the internal workings. You mean you don't I, talk to all 32 teams? Uh, <laughs> I believe... <laughs> Coughlin, Caldwell, and Con haven't gotten back to me yet. Um, I, I'm still on hold with their offices. No, John, a long time. I, that's so cool, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, un- enough. Like, um, I don't know if they made a play for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if don't the asking price was far too high. But look, why why bring in John DiFilippo and design your offensive system around a quarterback who would want a Super Bowl in that system? If you're going to go out and get a young guy who you, you don't know can succeed in that system, it doesn't make any sense. So to what you just said, maybe they didn't make a play for him, and I don't know why. Because if I'm Nick Foles' camp, and if I'm Nick Foles' agent, I'll say they haven't really looked at any other quarterbacks. They brought in John Filippo, They brought in your, your old OC. Well, what happened first? And now, Filippo or Foles? Filippo. They thought, so they thought so to themselves, we need an offensive... Hold on, let me defend myself. We need an offensive coordinator. We need an offensive coordinator, okay? Yeah, you did. Of course you needed one. Carry on, then. Was there a quarterback market? I'll ask for a third time. Was there a quarterback market? This year? No, there this was off, not. This free agency No, period. there was not. There, okay. there was Nick Foles and, my case. and Teddy Bridgewater and then everybody the rest else. Rest my case. Okay. That's all I'm like. That's my whole point. I'm not trying to, like, hey, pump my fucking chest. I'm right, you're wrong, your team's a joke. Right. But, like, I think that they really, I think they wanted to go after Nick Foles. I know. Thanks for fucking joining us. I'm, like, saying, they did a lot of research. They they looked into the guy a lot. Like, (laughs) not just, like, oh. They signed his fucking OC before him. Well, I know. But he sweetened the deal even more, though. I keep going at him saying that it's, like, they made this terrible move, and like you hate it on uh, Nick Foles, and, you, and John, you're, you're the one that called him a bum. He is a bum, but the Jacksonville Jaguars called a bunch of people that they that knew okay. him from the past, and they all heard great things about him. That consistent, that guys in the locker room love him. Okay, all fair points. Now weigh in. Shit. Now weigh in that you're going to cut the guy that you have to pay sixteen and a half million to not be on your football team this year. I, but but they he's just, disputing like, the business end. I, he, he's yeah, dismissing they, the you business end. That right was the loss they have to take. What are you going to do with that? Blake Bortles was it wasn't. I working just can, with him. yeah, I conceded to him all his fair points about Nick Foles because they are all. F- this guy won a Super Bowl. But just from reading what I was just reading when what I was reading, it was just saying that like Marone and whatnot. They just they seem to really. It wasn't like. 
Well, All of this. course they do. He won them a fucking Super Bowl. So what? What? Okay. So Probably basically, won the, so yeah. Johnny is saying that if you're going to go about and do this, you do it the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars did. Okay. You bring in the offensive coordinator. You make it seem like there's nobody else for them but Nick Foles. We love you. I'm not you, saying that that's a bad you. move. Okay. To but, set him up to succeed that way. However, I'm saying that bringing in the OC before you sign the quarterback. You didn't ex- like to me. You didn't explore all your options at quarterback because you were tunnel vision to the guy that you wanted. So now on your roster, you have Nick Foles, you have Cody Kessler. Okay, is Kessler and, still there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and, and then who, Johnny Stats. Wow, QB depth chart. So, do you draft a? a Quarterback now because basically late, from, well, later, from your later, perspective, yeah, oh, if, obviously if on day three or falls, or if a, you know what I mean, if one of those guys falls, then yeah, you've got. Don't you have a compensatory, uh, compensatory third? We certainly do here. Depth, yeah. So then, then that to me that would be a good use of it. However, you got so much fucking dead money for Nick Foles in his fourth year. Like, like if he's not on the roster after twenty twenty one. I believe that it's thirteen mil in dead money. Correct me if I'm Better wrong, not Johnny. Make that mistake again, as far as giving dead money. That's the first thing that I thought mm-hmm. of when I've, and I'm. So, I'm not trying to get aggressive on you, but when you when you are yeah, in the midst of taking a sixteen million dollar fucking hit, and you structure a contract to where twenty twenty one you could take a very similar hit. It's almost like you're not learning from your past mistakes. Thank so you. So l- let me ask you. It's uh, this time last year. Do you forego Blake Bortles and that stupid contract, and then do you go after Kirk Cousins? Is that a better move? Now, paying no. any quarterback $16 million in dead money is never the right move, so I'm not saying that what they've done up until this point is in any way ideal. But I'm asking you, you know, what's what worse? It, you know, well, see, now, they didn't give themselves a shot because they ruined the, the quarterback market in March. They did. So if, that, if you want to play 2020 hindsight, go back. Don't make, don't extend him, and move like do something to, to move up in the draft. Like there was five quarterbacks drafted in the top ten last year. Like last year was the year. That's why the the fucking Giants are so like I love it. Like I don't know why I just gritted my teeth. I love yeah. it. Continue on, Dave Gettleman. You're the man. Yeah, but but I love you. Yeah, but <laughs> take trade trade up in the draft from a pick in the high Where were they picking? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah, 28, 29. Taven Bryan, yeah. So, 28 or 29, yeah. Trey, yeah, to get back in on that, that's earlier all, in the draft, yeah. That's all I'm saying, man. Or, there was five starters or to be had last year. Go after Josh Rosen now. With the th- with, yeah, saying that. Instead, and if it was Or sign Brian Tannenhill. Oh, I don't know. I no. think, I think there's a real dis- I think there's a real discussion between Brian Nick Tannenhill Foles. and Nick Foles. I do. Oh, no. I do. No. I really do. Did you just? Yeah, I did. You went there. I think the I think the Titans made a better move for their quarterback room, and then they're paying him eleven as a just in case something happens to Mariota. Or that's outrageous that you think that. I really do. I don't. I don't think it's outrageous either. Tell me why you think it is. Nick Foles, back at Arizona, growing up. Played quarterback, okay? Ryan Tannehill was a wide receiver okay. at Texas A&M. Oh, you don't care that somebody just decided to go from playing wide receiver in college, not in high school, and then do it at the highest conceivable level. Nope. Compared to a player who has done it his entire life. That nope. psychology does not affect you throw the ball. Not when I've watched them both play you. in the NFL. Really, eh? Because you're making it sound like one okay. doesn't have a single ring. You're making it sound like one doesn't have a ring. You better believe There's going to be a movie board. made about that one day, and it's going to be made by Disney. It better not be. It will be. It better not be. I bet you there will be. <laughs> when a town finally gets a hero that's not a fictional character... They already made that <laughs> movie. Vince Papali. Either way. You think there's a little Answer this question. Answer this, qu- answer this question. I guarantee you can't answer it no. That is has Ryan Tannehill had a stretch in his NFL career that has been better than the worst stretch of Nick Foles's? No. What? You don't think that Ryan Tannehill has never had a stretch with the Miami Dolphins where he performed better than Nick Foles did with the St. Louis Rams? Oh, pardon me. When you're talking about that, that now that, flip absolutely. side, Foles obviously has had a stretch in his career where he won a Super Bowl and played better than Tannehill ever has. Clearly, but 
when that same guy can have a stretch where he's not? I get your argument. When when Tannehill was more than serviceable, when he was more than serviceable in Miami, when he was producing, throwing a hundred thousand balls to Jarvis Landry, I appreciate that St. Louis version of Nick Foles was a cheap version. Tannehill was much much more efficient today. Throwing the football today, do you still think there's a legitimate case to be made after Tannehill comes back from injury, after Nick Foles has performed? Okay. I don't believe in Nick Foles at all. Okay. I really don't. Like, I don't. Especially with the team that he's going to. So over under 20 touchdowns. I don't think that's a, a, a measurable for success. 20 touchdowns in the NFL as a quarterback that's making $20 million. Let's talk about if he throws more touchdowns than million dollars he makes this year. It's only a three off. But it's a matter of... But it's a big difference. Yeah, but it's... Market value. Ian Not market Rappaport value. Said that Stop saying that when there's no market. The market there's itself, no though. market. There was no market. You can't say that anymore. I'm eliminating that from your speech. You agreed with me that there was no market, so you can't tell me that they paid market value when there was no market this offseason. They could have reset the market the way they did last year. Hold on. They chose not to. Hold on. There always is a market. There was just one quarterback or two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks. But you... I asked you if there was a quarterback, uh, quarterback market this free agency. You told me no. And you I answered that me. question no, yeah. So then how did they pay market value when there was no other fucking quarterbacks on the market at the time? Well, because they lowballed them a bit. Yes! They didn't have to fucking hold his hand into the locker room and say, Hey guys, this is the guy you have to respect now. We gave him a little bit more than what we're going to pay Blake to not be here, just so that you guys know he's the guy. Okay? Everybody know that? Hey, but it's supply and demand economics. The supply was very low. No, you're the changing your argument. Hold on a second. The supply of quarterbacks was very, very low in 2019. The demand was equally as high. So well, you, not equally as high. It's, it's, it's e- a low. If there is a low, the demand is equally as high as it's ever been. Oh, is what I was going okay. to say. Okay, so because the supply was so low, you still have to pay the price that the high demand market dictates. Although the market had a very low supply as opposed to last year or as opposed to the draft stock that came out in 2018, you still have to pay that market value of what is fair, even if the supply of that market is is paltry, is meager. Then how does Tannehill go from making $23 million for the the Dolphins and... Now making eleven because that's a restructured contract for a quarterback who underperformed. So why not ex- and just got hurt? So why not explore that option and not and not allocate thirty eight million dollars to one position this year? We're changing the, the the conversation, and I see where you're going. I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill at eleven million as much as I would believe in a Super Bowl champion at twenty three. I'd ra- I'd rather double my money. And double my chances to perform in 2019. Julio Jones catches the ball in the fucking in the first round of the playoffs that year, and we're not even having this conversation. That's what's crazy. Is it took Fairly, Julio Jones yeah. to drop a ball wide open for this miracle Cinderella story to even unravel? Yeah, it's a really interesting notion. When Philadelphia played Atlanta, it was that Julio Jones played that. But then you could go back to Tony Romo and Dennis He still Bryant had to do it. He still had to do it. He still had to go and win those next fucking couple games after he still had to beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. He, like, but there are moments, and I appreciate what you're saying. There are moments. Uh, uh, I just so, don't think that they made the best move. Like, they made a win-now move, and, it, and it's not a clear-cut But you don't now. think... That if you're going to make a move like the one the Jacksonville Jaguars did, you don't go about it in the same way that they did without paying as much as you think that they overpaid. But like John said, you know what I they think? did their research, they brought in their guy, they brought in the How guy much do you trust coach? them doing their research? We're talking about the team that couldn't hit on one of their six five, top five picks in a row in the draft. Like, if you want to build your team, maybe do that, guys. Maybe hit on your draft picks when you're terrible. Well, Maybe not draft the fucking running back fifth overall. Dante Fowler and Blake Bortles were two third overall picks, and they're no longer on the team. So it's Easy hard. Point. It's hard to dispute with that. I mean, uh, twenty was it twenty fourteen? I believe no. Uh, Luke Jokel, left tackle, second overall at Texas A and M. I don't think he's in football anymore. Like that's how you build. The team list goes is, on. Is hitting on your draft picks I when you're bad. What you're saying. I, I completely, completely do. The other side of it is, well, do you buy teams or do you build them? You build culture. You're well. You build teams, but you should buy role players. 
But what Jacksonville's done is they've built a team with excellent role players and they've bought the most important position in free agency. And also about six or seven other positions. Well, I mean, I didn't mind the Chris Conley signing, signing at the receiver because we need depth there. Well, I'm talking about prior to that. I'm talking somebody. about Clayus Campbell, you gave top dollar. You threw bags of money at Barry Church. You threw <coughs> bags of money at AJ Bouye. You threw bags of money at uh, no, uh, the fucking to Sean Gibson. Uh, no, um, uh, he's my, uh, I believe on the offensive line. My name, the name's slipping. Um, Brandon Linder at center. Oh, uh, Andrew Norwell at, at guard out of Carolina last year. Yeah, but that was a great signing. It was. Just saying, we when you're sure paying, when you want to talk about market value, when you're paying the market value to six or seven other positions, and sixteen million dead money to a quarterback, and twenty-two million dollars for a quarterback that, from your mouth, is not a consistent football player. So, like, and again, not, I'm not, not trying to get you to say, like, you know what, you're right. I'm, I might as well not watch football this year. <laughs> I appreciate like, what you're saying. No, because again, I'm going to like an extreme. Like, and I'm saying, I, I don't think that this is going to be very, very good. I, I, I just don't. I really don't. But at the same time, you, this just gives you the fucking opportunity to slam it in my face when you're six and one come mid, like you know what I mean, late October next year or whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? It could look, it could look fucking brilliant. But I mean, that division got tougher in the off season so far. The Colts probably separated themselves a little bit. And, and I still think still haven't spent enough money yet. And I still think you could argue that the Titans and the fucking and the Texans are both either right there with you or, or a little bit better. I would say the Houston Texans are a little bit better because Deshaun Watson is an established winner. And although he got sacked last year, I think he led the league in, 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 in sacks. I think he got the worst quarterback in the division. You would take Marcus Mariota over Nick I told Foles. you I would take Ryan Tannehill over him, and he's the backup. So what do you think? This is outrageous right now. So you think that a player that you deem to be perpetually average in Tennessee, you think that he's better than a Super Bowl? Other than a little Cinderella story, Nick okay. Foles has been considerably under average. Okay. Right? Well, he had to right? throw. He threw for like 400 plus yards in the Super Bowl. It's not like he threw for 150 and had two picks. He still had never him. happened. He's still... <laughs> <Game> never. <laughs> Philly Special was not patented. Trademark. Oh, don't... don't, don't no, no, Johnny just... Yeah, Johnny just puked in his mouth a little bit. Don't say Philly Philly or Philly Special in front of Johnny. <laughs> Division winners. Okay. Okay, so, so, so everyone's going to say Patriots. Okay, so... AFC East, everyone's going to say Patriots. Okay. Right? Johnny? Yeah. AFC East. AFC East. North? I'll say that it'll be... I still think Pittsburgh finds a, a win. No, I'll say Cleveland. I'll say Cleveland. Yeah, okay. I'll say Pitt. I know why I went Cleveland, but it's a tough... Between, for me, it's between Baltimore... You know, for me... Between Baltimore and Cleveland. And you're probably right to think that way, but that defense is... Earl Tom, buddy, Earl Thomas is going to make a big difference. That, that. That That's defense, a big upgrade over Eric Weddle. That, I think, that defense uh, is reloaded. I know they lost more than just Weddle, but... Mark Ingram Thomas fits there so well. Right. Yeah, they're going to guns though on Cleveland. I think okay. they make a huge splash. So that's the storylines. So that's the AFC North, AFC West. We and both think Kansas City, Kansas City, right? Kansas. City. Yeah, AFC and Colts. A- AFC South. You think is Indy? Yeah. Okay, Johnny. Oh. Die on your ledge, Mike. Yeah. No, I think die uh, on your hill, buddy. Well, I think Houston takes that. Yeah, I'm going to take Houston as well. Wow, you're going to take Houston. Yeah. Dude, if I can't tell you that signing Nick Foles makes them a playoff team because I haven't seen anything on tape, how can I take them as the best team in that division? That's a breath of fresh air, buddy. That's not just fucking... That's that's just not picking and changing your mind later. That's ridiculously hypocritical. So, what All right, NFC now. NFC North. Uh, Chicago Bears. No, Packers. I think it's the Chicago Bears. NFC North? The Bears. Nobody says Vikings, eh? We don't believe in Kirk Cousins. Okay. No. Actually, no. Okay. no. You know what? Aaron Rodgers does Packers. Okay. Fine. The Bears are a scary team. I think they're... I, know, I don't the think they got any better this offseason. Well, you just, don't? Just, I, I don't. Not yet. 
I mean, they're gonna. Oh wait, they don't really have any draft picks. So. Oh, I saw what you did there. I, d- uh, I like, didn't like even mean. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, but no, I have actually I have confidence that the the Packers will turn. All right, around. so final answer, Packers. Yeah. Okay. NFC East, I we, we all take Dallas. It's not even really close yeah. because Carson Wentz still needs to play a full sixteen, and you're yeah. not sold on him any more than you're sold on Mitchell Trubisky for crying out loud. So not really. I, I know you're not. I know. Just we'll, but, we'll, hey, we'll, say it better though. Up. Say it better. I'm not as sold <laughs> on him as much as I'm not sold on my own guy. On uh, Dak Prescott, of course, of course, of course. Loop, um, like, loop those three together because they're real close. I agree with you. I would absolutely agree. NFC South, uh, New Orleans Saints division to lose. Saints. Yeah. 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 Saints. Oh come yeah. on. I mean, well, it, hey, it, Atlanta isn't no. getting any younger. They Atlanta, lost no. Ingram. They lost Ingram. Injuries could happen. I'm not projecting injuries, and it's, I don't think Atlanta got. I know, but yeah, early, early early pick. I don't see them falling off the same way I don't see the Rams falling off to the point where they can't win that division. NFC West, LA or Seattle? No, well, I just said LA. Sorry. I don't see them falling off to the point oh, where they can't win that division. I didn't. I didn't. Because I think that the Niners are going to be better than you know what I mean to the point where like that will uh, neutralize some of the wins from from Seattle. I understand. And, you know what I mean? Kind of make... Yeah. Even if, like, I don't think the Rams are necessarily going to be 13-3 and or 14-2 and this year to win that division. I don't see that. But if they're, like, 10-6, and then it'll be 8-8 eight and eight for the Seahawks and the and the Niners, and then Arizona's probably a 5-11 and or something. Around there. What's... Way too early projection, you know? Where's my lighter? Of course. I didn't see my... It fell... You dropped it. It's right by your bag. Good call. It's, um... What? Do you agree? Sorry, before... Johnny, uh, do you Rams. agree on the Rams? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was in between the Rams and Seahawks. I'm just wondering what the Se- what kind of year the Seahawks are going to have. Russell Wilson is always a... Well, he's a, a win. He's a winner, but how much of the team around him is... I, I um, wanted to bring this up, and this is kind of a, a looping back... Um, I wanted to bring up when we were talking about D-Law, and unfortunately it just clued into me now. If Ziggy Ansah is still available in free agency, why not move D-Law, get a first-round pick that you lost in the Amari Cooper trade, yep. sign Ziggy Ansah to a two-year 12, two-year 14, something along well, those lines? Probably have to pay him at least 16 and a half because it was Darius Smith guy. I don't think so because the market has gone stale for pass rushers now. That's true to an extent. Oh, okay, so should have let that quarterback market go stale a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to argue as far as the bad financial choice. I'm just going to say that they found their guy and they got him. We'll find out if it's good or bad. But just follow that logic. Ziggy on to two year, say 15 million. Okay, um, you get back your one, and then maybe maybe a three and a five next year. Something something crazy like that. Who do you take in the first round? You've got Ziggy Ansah where D Law was. Well, who am I, who am I trading them with? Like, who, what what pick? Just tell me the position group that you would target because this is a hypothetical situation. Probably got to go. I mean, with, the, with that, I've been know. talking about how the fucking eighteen of the first twenty picks should be defensive. So, uh, with the majority on the D line, at least t- fuck 12, 14 of those guys. So. Any one of those guys? Especially when we, when we don't know the future of Randy Gregory. We lost David Irving. Uh, fuck, we, honestly, we don't know the future of uh, Tyrone Crawford to start the season because he was tossing fucking... Tossing goddamn police around in Dallas like it was... Uh, I don't know, man. I didn't read that. You're a little bit more knowledgeable. You on didn't the, see that <laughs> video on TMZ? He is tossing police officers left and right, bull rushing well, them the fuck out of his way. Well, they're smaller than offensive tackles, and we know he how didn't he, get arrested, and he wasn't he put guys. in the police report. But he was putting his hands on police <laughs> and security guards. So you would target any one of those defensive players to add to, to the depth that you've lost yeah. in the, the the last couple of seasons. Wouldn't that be a, a, a more financially responsible move than having to pay D-Law $19 million a year to get to the quarterback? There's another thing that we lost in audio last week that was me uh, telling you about the... The free agency tax, the taxation. But also the... Uh, no, I was going to say the minus return on investment. Oh, that's what I meant. For me. either re-signing your own or signing in free agency. It's minus... 2.4% return on investment in free agency and and 
minus uh, 1.5 return on investment in resigning your own. So you're better just drop like you're better just drop them and fucking and just draft again. Um, you can't do that all the way. You gotta sometimes uh, resign your own. But I mean, I don't know, man. I think at some point it would probably be more responsible to move on from if you're that far away from mm-hmm. from a deal mm-hmm. and you don't want it to like see. But then I go back. Every time I'm talking about my team, I feel like I gotta talk out of both sides of my mouth to make sense because he's showing up right now for captain's meetings, which are voluntary captain workouts, captain-led off-season program. Well, yeah, because he's auditioning for 31 other ball clubs. I disagree. What do you mean he's auditioning for 31 other ball clubs? All right, he's that was franchise me, tag. That was me just being a contrarian. That was me ju- just saying that he's just trying to come in there and prove that he's he's a leader and an athlete. If if he wants to be well, there, so that's the complete. If you're if you're taking that stance, that's the complete opposite of what AB did. AB, that's what I was going to prelude earlier too. Is that AB? It almost seemed like fair point. There was a back door or a back room conversation uh, between the, the the Raiders. Hold on, the Raiders and the Brown uh, and Brown keep acting Brown's up. camp and saying keep acting keep, up. Hey, yep. you if you if, like, keep it up, fucking tear down your your, uh, I guess public appearance in in Pittsburgh, and. Drop the value for us a little bit so that we can build around you and get better a little quicker here. It, buddy, they got a third and a fucking fifth for the guy that led the league it in seems touchdowns. seems like highway robbery. He had 15 touchdowns last year and had an off year. Seems like highway robbery. Had an it? off year yeah, and led the league in touchdowns. Hmm. You're 15. Didn't even play in week 16 or week 17. So back to D-Law. You're absolutely right that in considering and in, in, in comparing him to Antonio Brown, Brown's actions devalued him. Devalued his currency in the NFL, whereas D Law is only appreciating it. Yeah, right. The, so the thing where it's irresponsible financially for me is that, like, he's asking for Mac money because the last two years combined, he has equal sacks to Khalil Mac, and he also has more tackles for loss, and he's better in the run game, off the edge than Khalil Mac. I would agree with that absolutely. So. How, like and Cleo Mack has ninety million dollars in guarantees. Like Delos, ninety. Like Delos sets the edge in a way that hems the run inside of the tackles, taking away just about taking away the sideline on just about every single running play. So it, it's imperative because although Khalil Mack gets up the field and he can press the pocket, he can get to the passer. He doesn't set the edge like D Law does. Like no. And and against the run, when you have that edge, linebackers are able to get through all the junk and they're able to get to the ball carrier. <coughs> um, that that's significant. And he's looking to get, like you can't argue with the with the player's mindset that he's a second round draft pick that played under the franchise tag, said that he wouldn't play a second year under it, gets franchised anyways, and and wants to get paid like he's this is his time. As a business, like, he is a business. To capitalize on his product. Yes. I couldn't agree more. What he Especially has rate, being his second-round draft pick. So he wasn't making the money the first four years. As opposed to Khalil Mack being a top-five pick, right? Exactly. So when it's all said and done, he's the most deserving of what he's asking. It just comes down to that word again. Those words, market value. or But also, financial responsibility. On whose behalf? The on the Jones' on the Jones' yeah. behalf. Yeah. See, because yeah. guys that take uh, hometown discounts and such things like that are guys that have uh, been hurt, guys that have uh, you know underperformed, been, been suspended. Yes. Yes. Uh, things of that nature. Yes. You know, uh, guys that were uh, undrafted free agents that overperform. On their uh, initial contracts, yeah, and they want they stick they, they kind of have system. like yeah, and yeah, where they know like they're they have like a there's a trust built up. I was gonna put it more on a uh, a sense of familiar like with the culture, but just maybe not having the confidence that a first round pick has. Of, just say I'll take my talents elsewhere. Of I can go and perform anywhere. I've where, succeeded here. I, I'm going to stay. Where they're like, this here. is the place that gave me my shot. I'm forever grateful to them. I want. I want to be a part of this future thing forever, yeah. and to help this team get a little bit better. They take the bait from the front office of saying, you know, 
if you can work with us here, then we can do. We have plans to do this as well, and you know, and, and we want you really you to, be helping, and we want you to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and those are the guys that that take hometown discounts. Couldn't agree Demarcus more. Lawrence, by no means, should be taking any sort of a discount in in his negotiations right now. You get what you deserve. He does not deserve to be paid a discounted rate, and that's why. When about I don't know seven episodes ago I threw out a hypothetical, as a just a clear like simply that. Well, I've heard Brian Broadus do that now. I've heard Dallas Radio do that. I've seen ESPN articles of hypotheticals of trading for D Law. I don't know if that is put out strategically to try to soften the the agent's stance mm-hmm. on getting a deal done because he, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure that that's. Maybe a little bit of a tactic. Of course, of course. But at the same time, the more that this keeps getting put out there and the front office has to keep answering hypothetical questions about it, maybe it's closer to them actually exploring it. What if Detroit offers the eighth overall pick? To, like, Honestly, man, I jump at it. And... That would fill the need that Ziggy Ansah just left. It's a four-three system. Matt Patricia. You don't think Matt Patricia would love to have Demarcus? And then Lawrence? and then and then we turn around and sign Ziggy too. You, you get him on a two-year deal, and then you get a top ten uh, defensive lineman in the the draft. Your team That's, would save people, twenty million in cap space. A lot of people comp Demarcus Lawrence to Ziggy Ansah. That's why I keep coming back to it. Not just because he's one of the top free agents available, but because he's a four-three end. He's your he's your conventional typical four three. I would offer that regard. I mean, if I would take two former lions on my line then, especially if one of them is willing to take a discount. And Dominican Sue. Mm-hmm. Now, wouldn't that make sense? I think it's the perfect place for him. Given the defense, I saw Marcus Mosier tweet it a couple weeks ago. Uh, I, we had, I we, had al- we had already talked about it, but now you well, know what I mean? we haven't talked about it. Well, I think maybe me and Johnny and Brandon oh, okay, did right, that. Right. But whenever I see shit like that. It's like, okay, I'm going to trust my eyes a little bit more then. Because so let's follow that logic then. So Demarcus Lawrence <clears throat> goes to the D- the Detroit Lions. You now have a top 10 pick. With that top 10 pick, you get one of the best defensive players. Say that you get like an Ed Oliver or like a Rashawn Gary. Michigan. I don't want Rashawn Gary. He's a, he's a freak like, athlete, but he only had three and a half sacks last year. That that concerns me. That I, I just don't want too good. from Michigan. I got enough fucking Michigan Wolverines on my team. Fair enough. But following that logic... And then there's another reason. A lot of people got Ed Oliver slipping. So I don't know if eight is then a reach at. But, but if you like the, the guy... The only reason they then, have him slipping is because he's considered an undersized defensive tackle. I believe he plays at 286 pounds, yeah, 276 pounds. You get him too, like taught under Rod Marinelli. Oh, it would, with his motor? He gets the... That's man. what I'm saying. So... That's exactly what... Following that logic... For. You get in, in Dominican Sue, say that it's a one year, seven, eight million dollar deal. You get a two year, 14 to 16 for uh, Ziggy. D Law gets traded. You bring in a young defensive player. You now have three defensive assets yeah, for still for under the, the same value that us, you would pay D Law for. That's what I was just going to say. And although if it equals that 20 to It would be less almost, probably. Yeah. I mean, depending on how those contracts would be structured, because mm-hmm. obviously Indomitian Sue and Ziggy Ansa's well, like representatives about the market. are going to know. I like what you said about the market drying up at this point. Because this is... Well, this is the Cowboys' bread and butter for the last couple seasons. With these middling kind of signings. And and then if they make a move... Like, I think the most money that they've given since... Uh, what's his name? Brandon Carr in 2012. Uh, was Cedric Thornton on a $20, $20 million three-year deal. And that did not pan out for them. And they had to eat a little bit of dead money when they cut him. Mm-hmm. But they, they were able to fill his roster spot with an undrafted... Rookie free agent. This so, time, what, when was Alan Hearns acquired a free agency? Last, it, it last was, free agency. It would be, but right, but it was right around the same time. It wasn't an, yeah. An, an oh early no, pick, it wasn't correct? quick. No, it was no, it, it was right around what it was we're like a week about now. before they cut Des. Right, and so Des got cut. Uh, I want to say like first week of May. And would you say that? Or the wait, Hearns no, deal that's last year. Right. No, no, the the Hearns deal. I don't know. Earlier, May. Uh, Des was Des was cut before the draft, right? Johnny, stats? When was Des Bryant cut by the, the Cowboys? I can't remember exactly. He's too busy watching TV this I don't know, he's zoned out. Well, it's the owner's meeting. Well, I know it's Dan Jones' pro day as well, but I understand you're curious about Dan Cutcliffe's protege, not named Eli. 
Uh, Either way, yeah. Um, just 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 getting back to the uh, to that line of of thinking. April thirteenth, so okay. just before. So Alan Hearns w- was signed right around this time last year. Uh, in a similar in a, yeah. in a similar timing, I, I'm just tying into the argument that you made about how now is the bread and butter, how now's the, the the time to get role players, quality players. That's all they do. That's all they do. That's all. And 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 into May and June, they'll make a couple little. Couple little, yeah, Here maybe again. poach a guy from a practice squad, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which is how they got David Irving from the Chiefs practice squad in training camp. Well, those, like that's that's where I have faith in Will McClay is those pro person like like uh, what's his name uh, the human log uh, Antoine Woods. Woods. Yeah. He was cut by the Tennessee Titans uh, a week into training camp last year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then boom, all of a sudden he's getting into a fight. In, in training camp with Travis Frederick. He was. I and then everybody's it. like, who's this guy that's fighting Travis fucking Frederick in practice? <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's the guy making plays all season. Yeah. And then gutting through an injury in the playoffs. So, uh, I don't know. Um, a lot of Cowboys talk. What, what do you a think about... Jaguars talk, too. What, what do you think about the league voting to eliminate blindside blocks, but also... I think Sean Payton went into his locker room after that loss and vowed... To 53 men, I swear to God, as a member of the competition committee, as a member of the competition committee, there will be changes. I swear to God, you guys will never have to experience another injustice like that. Well, he, I think that the, it's funny that they're proposing a rule change of, of unlimited uh, reviews on, on, on flagged plays. It won't be unlimited. I know that's how it's written right now, but I'm telling right, you that it, but it, it, it'll come back as Even a, if it is. Think about that. NFL game's going to be four and a half hours long. Okay, fine. Think about that, though. Does that help the New Orleans Saints last year? If all flagged plays are reviewed? Does that change anything with that injustice? No, because there wasn't a flag on the play. But I think the argument... That's comical as well. I think that the argument is there's challenges on plays where pass interference is not That's the other. That's another avenue they're looking to explore. But I think that's what Sean Payton is vowing, guys, I will fix this this bullshit, this nonsense. Yeah, they want to have a... Coleman will never happen again. They want to they wanna have an eye-in-the-sky, common-sense judge. Someone that's watching from up top, that has a monitor, like, similar, very similar to the AAF. Right. And they just go, uh, hey, dummies, uh, you messed this up. And they What's call, wrong and they call, with a third-party impartial nothing wrong observer? Other than the fact that it's going to take a considerable amount of time now. So there has to be a limitation as to how often it can be done. AAF games, CFO games, they don't take four and a half hours. Hold on, that's different. AAF is two and a half hours and they streamline everything. The commercials are on right right off to the side while the game is still being shown live. Oh, so something to learn from? By the way, shout out to the AAF for presenting great football in the springtime. Thank you. Um, and as for the, the CFL, it still gets dragged out a little bit. It's Whoa, still a not... little bit long, but that's why there's only a number of challenges. You can only challenge PIs or non-PIs. Okay, even so okay, let's times. go to college games even then. Being college games aren't games, stretched out like that. It's not that. You watch college. You watch more college football than I did last year. And they're three-hour games, bro. Three and a half hours. That's fine. Some fucking NFL games are three and a half hours I'm, with all the commercials. Then I guess I'm trying to argue that the NFL is trying to clean up, shorten, and streamline their product. And that's not a way to do it, challenging yeah, these kind of plays. But they're trying to get it right. Well, it's not Sean, the, Sean Payton is trying to get it right as a member of the competition committee. They're trying to get it right. So I can appreciate the dynamic from which he's coming. You have faith in that? But, You'd have yeah, to think but not what? if games are, 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 are four and a half hours long. It won't. It's it, just a gross exaggeration. Okay, sorry, four hours and 15 minutes long. What were you saying, Johnny? Well, I was just going to say what, how much of the you percentages are... Gonna be this pass interference and what is and what isn't gonna. I don't know. I was just like, well, they're showing right now. I'm getting distracted because they're showing all these times that it's pass interference and it is called and it isn't. Some that are called and some aren't called. But I think that it's going to be called once or twice in a game. Well, that's not, fuck, like that's not many, an hour and a half worth of fucking added time. Yeah, no, but it could be more than that though. I'm just trying to say that not every game is going to be extended. But now you have that possibility of a game being four and a half hours long. I'm not arguing that every single game is going to be, you know. I'd rather a game be 315 instead of three. 
And be right. And, and it'd be fucking right. Oh, you know I'm not going to disagree with that. Well, but I'm trying to say grossly that. Grossly over exact. There's never going to be a four and a half hour football game unless there's Like I said, I've been okay, to CFL games where they about. do that and I don't, I don't feel like it's that long. That's what I'm saying. Right. So. You're at, like at the game, right? I'm not disagreeing with the need for it. Let me put that out there. I'm very happy with the fact that they're looking at it. This fucking idiot's still on TV. Man, you remember what, what Charlie Casserly said about his um, his contacts with uh, Kyler Murray? Contacts about him in the film room. Oof, well, film he, doesn't, room he doesn't boost anyone on NFL Network unless they paid him to fucking be t- to be coached up and media trained by him. Oh, wow. You didn't know that? Shots fired. Well, it's not shots fired. That's truth, I just, truth spoken. No idea. He, like, he's, he, he has a company that media trains college athletes to get ready for the draft process. Mm-hmm. And Kyler Murray didn't pay Charlie Casserly for his advice. And news then he, to me. And then he bashes him. That's news to me. Charlie bashes him, yeah. Yeah, you didn't know about that? Oh, you didn't I'm not, I'm not going off on Charlie Casserly because... I know, I know, I know. I'm not bashing him. We, we got to wrap still, this up. Yeah, we do. Uh, well, just seeing that play again in New Orleans, uh, that's horrible. Just watch this. It's more than even just a pass difference. Oh, it's just like the one the Blatantly worse things. It's the worst. It's the, that blatantly and the Des, that 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 is now worse than the Des. That Ryan has got to be the worst, and it's just to have nothing. What? That is a buddy. Especially and the rules come, to be done for that is anything where they have to come out three years later, or four years after. No, three years after the fact, and say, we we got it wrong. It should yeah. have been ruled a catch. Almost made me. Almost brought a tear to my eye watching the Tony Romo. Uh, Football, football life. life. He talks about it. And it's the closest what, I'm ever going to get. It would have been the best, been been best been throw, you ever made, throw yep. I've ever made. I was like, oh my god. That hurt me inside. Man, how good are those totally football lives football that football lives the NFL made. Network puts together? They're just probably my favorite quarterback. They're, they're the best presentations of like football just, as a narrative. Like They put together the best stories. It's just the most blatantly wrong thing that is... And it, and the ref is right there it's on just, the sideline, waving yeah. his arms, saying "incomplete." Did you guys know that <laughs> that that the NFL doesn't have full time officials? I think there's only twenty four full time officials. Joe. And and they have crews oh, and dozens many? and dozens. Of, they have crews of dozens and dozens of officials, but only have twenty four full time officials. Yeah. These guys have other jobs on the the side. So on. Well, they're not paid that well. Well, the games on Sunday are uh, either like think? a hobby or a part time job. I, that's. You think That's somebody as important as the person that makes or breaks a game would, would have a salary? Why it's always the same guys in the playoffs? Well, no. for the most part, they supposedly Not have that, that makes it any fucking better. But well, they supposedly no, have all star crews. They supposedly have like you know all star crews. I know, and we know again that it's not on the same level in any way, not even in the same planet. But when we play, we got the same refs, and you're like. Yeah, they don't don't act like they don't like NFL players yeah, don't go out on the field and go great. We got this guy, yeah. and even that, sir, like you know that they, ga- they you know the NFL team's game plan throughout the week. They know who they've got because based, the based on the officiating, they're like this, this guy, guy calls, calls more holding. Yeah. more holding calls yeah. than like, it's like you got to keep your hands in your pocket until you're about to catch the ball. I'm gonna wear this color gloves. Yes, yeah. different other team's things like that. Is, yep. is, oh, that's John Madden. Well, this guy calls holding Raider shit. Yeah. Well, we're not we putting stick them on our socks. But no, we play a dark team. Wrap your hands in. Wrap your hands in black. Team. Dark. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Play a light team. Wrap them up in light. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> just one of the things that we used to do. Absolutely. Um, and well, that was a terrible. <laughs> with that, that was delightful a, John um, Madden. Brett, Brett Favre. Brett Favre is a great quarterback. He could be just torso. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. <laughs> See, why better than that? Come on. You guys seen that Frank Caliendo? That is one of the yeah. Yeah, I'm just, Cheers. I'm just ignoring both of you. Cheers, just wondering how he got stuck between two of the worst John Madden impressions he's ever heard. <laughs> he just doesn't understand. Look at his art. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a comic. No, you're an artist. That's true. He is an artist. And um, with that. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if we missed anything. Oh, we missed lots, but... <laughs> Alright. We'll have to see what this committee comes up with if they rule changes. Fuck the fucking committee.
We'll see. What are you being so hostile for? <laughs> Not your bro. I don't guy. believe. Get on. Get on. Don't get me going. Is that how? Is that how he runs around? Swing the gavel. <laughs> get out of my sight, you fuck. Is everybody high? Is that what's going on there? Oh. Dismissed. Dismissed.